Uh, tonight we're doing the fifth of the Shesh Mitzvah Timidius. However, it's really the second. Remember I said we were going out of order. So we're doing really what the second is, but in our order it's the fifth. And again, this class, this teaching, this whole effort, the merit of this should be a refuah shlema for Rav Yisrael Noyach ben Hinda, the Rosh Hashiva of Eshet Torah, that the impetus, I've said this at the beginning of every class, the impetus, the motivation, and the decision of doing this was to attempt for myself to make his wisdom real, make it something that I live with, not just something that I am aware of. And the best way to do that is by teaching. So that's why I decided to go through these six constant mitzvahs, the Sheish Mitzvahs Timidius, with you, and hopefully you gain from it as well. So tonight we do the second of the Sheish Mitzvahs Timidius, in our order it's the fifth, and I mentioned that I'm saving it to the last because out of the six constant mitzvahs, which all of you sitting here this evening know them all by heart because that was your price of admission for tonight, so there, out of the six constant mitzvahs, four of them were positive, four of them were mitzvahs asay, things that you have to do, two of them were mitzvahs loisase, negative commandments, you are not allowed to do this. So I saved those two till the end because I wanted to do them together. And though as we speak, hopefully we will speak about why it was the second because that's very important and relevant. But I wanted to save the concept of the negative mitzvahs to me, the negative constant commandment to do them together. Because as we mentioned with the positive mitzvahs, if you remember, that we spoke about that there's a difference between something that you are always required to do versus something that is a constant. Always and constant are not the same, such as never and constant will not be the same. Always was we were always required to honor our mother and father. But that's not something that's constant. It's not at every moment. It's only when the opportunity is available that you can do that. The four positive mitzvahs means that the opportunity is constantly there. That's what that meant, that the, con- the opportunity was constantly available. With the negative commandments, it's going to be the exact same, just reverse. And that is that just because we're never allowed to do something doesn't make it a constant. See, this one's going to be subtly different, and that's why I wanted to do them together. Name something we're never allowed to do. Murder. Not allowed to murder. Idolatry. Idolatry. Not allowed to worship an idol. Neither of those two are a constant. You are never allowed to murder. But that's not a constant mitzvah. It's not one of the six mitzvahs. It's not one of the sheish mitzvahs to medias. Why? Because right now, no one in this room, I hope, no one in this room, I hope, is fulfilling the mitzvah of lo yisirtzach. Don't murder. The reason you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of don't murder, I believe and I hope so, is because when we fulfill the mitzvah of lo yisirtzach, it is only when we have the urge, the desire to murder. And when that desire comes upon us and we say, I'm not allowed to murder, I don't murder, 
that's when we fulfill the mitzvah of Lo Tzirtzach. Someone cuts you off on the freeway. Someone takes your parking spot at the shopping center, right? <laughs> You've been sitting there at Costco waiting for five, ten minutes, waiting for someone to pull out. Someone finally pulls out, but they back up in front of you. And so the other guy calls, oh, look at that. Boom. You're ready to kill the guy, right? You're going to kill him. I'm going to murder this guy. Oh, wait. Torah says I'm not allowed. All right, I just fulfilled the positive mitzvah. I mean, the negative mitzvah of loiterza. You're never allowed to eat treif. You're driving down the road and the smell comes in from some burger joint that's unbelievable or some rib joint. And you're like, oh, that smells good. And you're like, I, 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 I got to eat some of that. And you stop and you say, well, wait a second, it's treif. I'm not allowed to eat that. You just fulfilled the commandment. So you see, when an Avera comes to your hand, you've got the urge to do it. And then you stop and you say, I'm not allowed to do it. That is when you fulfill the mitzvah. In order for something to be a constant then, what does that mean? It must mean that the urge is always there. Does that make sense? It must mean that the urge is always there. Every single one of us right now is either fighting the urge of these two mitzvahs or we're transgressing them. If we're not fighting it, we are transgressing it. Period. That is the definition of constant. Now what is the constant mitzvah that we're speaking about tonight? Lo yelecha Elohim achirim. Do not believe in any other gods. That's not idolatry. That's don't worship an idol. Don't worship an idol. Is that when, when there's an idol in front of you, you're not allowed to bow down to it. And that's not a constant. This is lo yelecha. Don't even have any other god. Don't have any other gods. You're not allowed to believe in any other god. You're not allowed to even believe in an idol. Not to worship. You're not even allowed to believe in an idol. Now, this one's a very difficult one unless we really start to tackle it and understand that it can't be what it's speaking about. Because here, is anyone in this room fighting the urge to go buy a totem pole? Nobody is fighting the urge to go buy a Buddha. Nobody in this room is fighting the urge to go buy an idol. Idolatry is something that's very removed from us. It's very difficult for us to understand. Even when we go to foreign countries, if we go off to the to the far, foreign countries that actually have idols. There are places in the world today that do still have idols. Even if we go there, we look at them with a certain sense of, like, how could, I don't understand how you understand this. How do you even believe that this could be true? It, it's very, very foreign to us. The Rambam, interesting, interesting. I don't know if we're going to read it, but I'm going to tell you what the Rambam does. When he speaks about, in his... Mr. Torah, when he speaks about Hilchas Avodah Zarah, when he talks about the laws of Avodah Zarah, he does something very interesting. And he gives a historical background. He gives a historical background. Very first, Biyamei Enosh. In the days of Enosh, who was Enosh? Enosh was the grandson of Adam. Talking about, talking about the beginning of humanity. Three generations in, that's it. Humanity made a mistake. They made a mistake. 
What was the mistake? And this is not just a mistake. This is a a huge error in judgment. A massive error in judgment. And they explain that the, the wise men of that generation, himself, he was also involved in this mistake. And this was This was the mistake. Omru. They said the following. Hoyil ve'eloikim bara kochavim, elu, ve'gal galim, Since God, right? Who do they right away recognize? God. They believed in God. And we're talking about the times of Adam. Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava. They obviously knew that there was Hashem. Their children obviously knew there was Hashem. Their grandchildren obviously knew there was Hashem. We're not talking about people that don't believe in Hashem. We're talking about people that believe in Hashem. They know that there's Hashem. And they said, let's take a look at the way Hashem created the world. How did Hashem create the world? He created stars. He created moons. He created all types of celestial powers. And He created nature. He created all these things to guide the world. That we can understand how the world works through these powers. And Hashem placed these creations in an arena of kavod, in an arena of honor. When humanity in those times, and you read the Chumash, when they wanted to know what season it was, when they wanted to know what time of year it was, when they wanted to know when anything was, what did they were supposed to do? Look to the stars. The stars were there to guide them. They were supposed to look to the heavens, and that was there to guide them. That was their guide. That was their manhig. He says, "Vehem shamoshim amashamshim lefanov, roim heim leshvachem ulefarim lechalaklem kavod." It is fitting that we honor them as well. If Hashem put them in this position, then we should obviously give them the proper esteem. And this is obviously what God wants from us. That we should give honor to whoever He gives honor to. If God puts these things in this position of power, quote-unquote, and a position of honor, then obviously we should honor Him. Kemosha HaMelech just like a king would want you to do. Just like a king would want you to do. If the President of the United States sends the Secretary of State to a foreign country, what does the President expect from that foreign country? That they honor the Secretary of State just like they would honor him. Why? Because that's my emissary. That's who I sent in my stead. That's who I sent to be in my place. And that's who you're supposed to talk to, to understand what I want. And that's who you should look to for guidance and advice. Otherwise, what am I sending them for? I sent you my Secretary of State. I expect you to give him the proper honor. If the Secretary of State lands there and they start disrespecting him, what's the President going to do? He's like, come home. Forget them. Forget them. And you know what? Sanctions. <laughs> I'll teach them. They disrespect my Secretary of State. What are you doing? So if that's what we would logically, and of course, would anyone argue differently? 
It'll be a chutzpah. It'll be a chutzpah. Would anyone think then, wait, wait a second, if that's what you would expect from a king, then the king of kings, the king of kings has placed, quote-unquote, his emissaries here in front of us, that being nature, that being the stars and the heavens. Well, shouldn't we obviously give them proper respect and proper honor? Clearly we should. That was their mistake. That was their mistake. And then he says, he goes on, And when this went into their hearts, So they said, you know, obviously, if we're going to give them proper honor, we should build them a temple. And they built a sun temple, and a moon temple, and a star temple, and they started building temples for these creations. But what was their intention the whole time? To honor God. The whole time the intention was to honor God. Mm-hmm. And to give them praise. And to honor them by bowing down to them. In order that they give Hashem honor. And this is the root of all of Odazar. This is the root of Odazar. Now, and he goes on and he says, but eventually what happened is eventually they forgot God and they said, well, you know, instead they just gave them honor. This is the root of Avodazar. Now, I mention again, we are talking about people that believed in Hashem. We are talking about people that knew there was Hashem. And the Rambam is telling us that is Avodazar. You can believe in Hashem and still be over Avodazar. How? By giving them power. By giving them power. Lo yelcho elohim acherim means don't give anything power other than Hashem. Don't give anything power other than Hashem. You see, everyone knows the famous story. Everyone knows the famous story of. Elijah, Eliyahu, Bahara, Carmel, with Jezebel, I like to say. My kids always make fun of me when I say Jezebel, but it's Izebel. I like Jezebel in English, but everyone knows the famous story, right? You all know this. It's the Jewish version of the standoff at the OK Corral, right? No, no one knows the story that the Izebel, Jezebel, killed off all the prophets. Left a few, Elijah being one of them, because the Jewish people at the time were steeped in idolatry steeped in idolatry. And Elijah says, enough of this. We can't have this. We have to have a standoff. So he says, up on the top of Har Carmel, and he goes to Zebel and he says, let's have a duel. A duel of the gods. Your gods versus my God. And Eliyahu, it's a famous story. You should go read it. It's a powerful story. He builds this altar, and they build their altar, and he basically says, look, here's the rules. Whoever prays to their God and fire comes down and consumes the offering, that's the winner. And it's a powerful image. Eliyahu, he douses it with water. And he says, you know, before he begins his prayers, he says, let's pour water on it. Let's, you know, soak it so it's seeping wet. 
make it even more powerful. It's a whole unbelievable energy. And then he finally says, Anna Hashem Hashem, please answer me. And what happens? Boom! The thing just blows and fire consumes it. But before he says it, Eliyahu turns to the people and he beseeches them and he says, How long will you walk in two camps? That's what he says to the Jewish people. How long will you walk in two camps? How long will you walk in two camps? What two camps? Hashem and idolatry. Hashem and idolatry. You see, idolatry doesn't mean you don't believe in Hashem. That's not what idolatry means. Why is it that the people of Enosh, what was the big mistake that they made? What was the great... Ta'usa G'dayla! The Rambam says, it's huge error. What was so bad? We all sit here and we say, that's what you would do for a king. What was such a huge mistake? Because of what it led to. See, in the beginning, why were they worshipping it? Because they wanted to give Hashem honor. But eventually, why did they worship? Eventually, why did they begin to worship the sun? Eventually, why did they begin to worship the stars and the moon and the wind? Not because they wanted to worship Hashem. And not because they wanted to worship the sun. Why do you want to worship a sun? See, we have to appreciate that these powers are real. We're not talking fantasy here. We're talking that this is real. That there are powers in the world. The dark side is true. It's real. There is that dark force out there. Hashem created a world that has powers in it. That has forces of nature in it. And if you understood how to manipulate them, if you really understood how the powers of the universe worked, you could levitate a cat. I always say, I take a tangent here, I know it's late, I'm sorry, but I always say that's why people are mesmerized, Kabbalah. I don't know, ooh, Kabbalah. Ooh, Kabbalah. People don't know what the heck they're talking about, but they're, ooh, Kabbalah. You want to know, I'm convinced. Why do they think that they, they Kabbalah is cool? Because they really think that if I learn Kabbalah, I can levitate a cat and wow my friends. I really think that that's the only one. They want to be able to do that. They have to be, woo, look at that. But it's real. Problem is, is that place can't teach you how to do that because they don't know what they're talking about over there. They can't even levitate a cat themselves. But it's real. This power is real. So if the power is real, why would you want to worship it? If the power is real, why would you want to worship it? Because you want to gain from it. You want to work it to your benefit. You want rain in its proper time. So you're going to worship the wind god. You want it to be sunny today. You're going on your vacation to Hawaii. You're going off to Cabo St. Lucas. You want it to be sunny. So you're going to worship the sun god. And it worked. And it worked. So you start to do things for your own benefit. Because it works. Because it works. You see, lo yen means don't give anything credence, don't give anything power except Hashem. And why is that such a struggle? You're struggling with it right now. Every single one of us is struggling with it right now. Why? Because it's so much easier to just use the system as to figure out what the heck the system's about. You see, this is where I'll address what was the first of the six constant mitzvahs? Know there's a God. 
emuna and betachon. Emuna and betachon. And we said, what's the lamais of that? What's the real essence of that mitzvah? Is to live with it. To live with trusting Hashem. And what does it mean to trust Hashem? That everything is for good. That there's a reason we're here. See, everything for the good, we didn't speak about this in the first place because I wanted to wait till now. We just spoke about just live with trusting Hashem. Live with trusting Hashem, that Hashem is in control. But the underlying essence of that is that there's a reason for everything. There's a reason we're here. What are we doing in this world? What are we here for? To have a good life? <laughs> is that why we're here? have a good life? That's the second mitzvah. The second mitzvah is, don't forget that. Don't forget that there's a reason you're here. The reason you're here is because everything that Hashem was created was created for His kavod, was created for purpose. For that the world to know what the heck life is about. It's about a relationship with Hashem. That's what we're here for. We're here for meaning. We're here for a much deeper purpose than just our own existence. That's emunah and betachon. That there's a reason for this world. And this whole system, this Torah and the system and community and society and family and children and work, and Parnassa, all of that is only there to teach us, to help us grow, to help us become what we can be. It's not there for itself. The first mitzvah is know what the heck life is about. The second mitzvah is don't forget that. Don't give this world anything else except that. Don't give this world any other power. Don't give this world, because that's what it means. Elohim means power. Elohim means power. You don't find, when it comes to the mitzvah of don't believe in any other gods, you don't find God's name, Yud and Ahay and Avav and Ahay. You find Elohim. Elohim means a judge. That's why you can say it. You don't have to say Elohim. That's God. Elohim means a judge. A judge has power, life and death. They sentence you to death. It's power. Don't give anything power. There's no other power. There's only Hashem. There's only Hashem. Don't give anything else power. But they work. It works. The system works. Yeah, if I listen to the Torah, I'll have shalom bias. My marriage will work. Yeah, if I listen to the Torah, my life will have, you know, I'll be a happy person. It teaches me how to be happy. So I'll be a happy person. Yeah, if I listen to the Torah, everything can be smooth. My life can be a good life. It works. The system works. How about that? The system works. That's what they said. That's what they said. Wait a second. I'm going on vacation. I want it to be sunny. So of course I'm going to dive into the sun god. Of course God made the sun. And of course it's all Hashem. But if I want it to be sunny, the sun's got to make it sunny. If I want it to be sunny, the sun's got to make it sunny. I'm... The sun doesn't do anything on its own. It's the sun. Of course it's God, but the system. I got to work the system. I got to make the system work. That's idolatry. That's believing in other gods. 
when the system of Judaism, when the system of life becomes anything other than a means to get closer to Hashem, you've left God out of the picture. When it becomes anything other than getting close to Hashem, you've left God out of the picture and you transgressed. You gave it power. And you know what that power is? That power is practicality. That's what that power is. You have to be practical. You have to be practical. Come on, is it really practical to live with the six constant mitzvahs? That's not practical. How's it practical to live with these six constant mitzvahs? I get up, I daven. Of course I daven, I believe in Hashem. <laughs> what are you talking about? I get up, I daven, I put on my tefillin. And that's my time to talk to Hashem, and that's my time to daven to Hashem. But now I have to be practical. Now I have to go to work. Because if I want to make a living, i got to go get a job. And God forbid someone in my family is sick, i gotta go, I got to go to a doctor. The only way that, that person is going to get better is the doctor. Oh, I've exhausted all the doctors. I better start praying. Of course I believe in God. And of course I know that God gave the doctor power. And of course I know that God gave the corporate America the power. Of course I believe in Hashem. But I got to be practical. I got to go do that. All that is nothing. They don't have power. They don't have any power. It's all Hashem. Please don't be radical. No. You don't go to the doctor? You don't go to the job? You go to a doctor because the Torah tells you to go to the doctor. Mm. You go to the doctor because the Torah tells you to go to the doctor. That's exactly the point. That was the mistake that they made. And we began this year. The Torah says, how do you understand what time it is? How do you understand what direction the world's going? You look to the stars. That's what they're there for. But don't give them power. Don't, don't, don't think it's the stars. Yeah, you gotta have a job. You gotta be practical. You gotta go get a job. But don't think it's the job that's gonna give you money. Yeah, you gotta go see a doctor. But don't think it's the doctor that's gonna heal you. It's Hashem that's gonna heal you. It's Hashem that's gonna give you parnasa. It's Hashem. See, why are we struggling with this? You want to know why this is such a struggle? Because it's so much easier to quit. It's so much easier to be practical than to stop and think, what does all this teach me? Okay, so if it's not the job that gives me the money, so why do I have to get a job? If it's not the doctor that heals me, why do I have to go to the doctor? And if it's all from Hashem, so why am I having a bad back today? What the heck is that all about? That's too hard. That's too hard. It's so much easier to just say, all right, I got a bad back. I better call the doctor. I better call the back guy. I better lie on my back. It's so much easier just to deal with, all right, what do I have to do now? What do I have to do now? I have to do the next thing. It's just easier. And that is the constant urge that we all have. You know what the constant urge that we all have is? You see, what's the ultimate power that we can give? You know what the ultimate power that we can believe in? Is not the sun, the gods, 
of the stars and not the boss and not the doctor. You know what the ultimate idolatry is? Is to believe in me. What I can do and what I can't do. It's all up to me. What am I able to do and what I can't do? You know what the ultimate challenge of don't believe in any other gods is? And the urge that every single one of us is fighting right now to say, I can't. I can't. Rabbi, I, I just can't. I can't. I can't live with the six constant mitzvahs always. You want me to live with this all day and all day? I can't. I can't. You want me to be real with Hashem all day? I can't. You want me to learn three hours a day? I can't. You want me to memorize the Tariq mitzvahs? You want me to memorize 613 mitzvahs? I can't. You want me to go through Shas? I can't. You want me to become a Shomer Shabbos? I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Because you want to know what I can't means? You want to know what the essence of I can't is? You're saying that everything else that you did is because I could. <laughs> it's because I could. I could do that. That I can't do, but that I can do. It means everything you think you've accomplished up until now is only because you could accomplish it. Only because you could accomplish it. That's don't believe in any other gods. See, you all remember. Everyone remembers when they started becoming observant. They started doing tshuva. And everyone has, I promise you, you've all had this conversation. Either you've had it or you will have it at some point. Where someone, where you say to someone, look, I don't know how far I'm going, but I know I'll never do that. <laughs> hey, I know I could never do that. I, I couldn't be that way. I could never do that. And lo and behold, you jump ahead two years later and, and you're doing it. <laughs> and you're, but wait, I thought you couldn't do it. I thought you couldn't do it. Because it has nothing to do with what you can or can't do. The Gemara says, Amar Eish Lakish, if it wasn't for, I forget the exact Lushen, but I can tell you, if it wasn't for the fact that Hashem would help us, we wouldn't be able to withstand it. Every day, the Yetzahara seeks to kill us, to murder us. Every day, the Yetzahara seeks to murder you. And if it wasn't for the fact that Hashem would help us, we wouldn't be able to stand up to it. We wouldn't be able to stand up to it. The Yetzirah wants to kill you. And Hashem helps you stop it. Now I ask you, according to the Gemara, which statement is right? When the guy says, I can, or when the guy says, I can't? When the guy says, you know what, I think I can do tshuva. I think I, I, think I could keep Shabbos, but I could never do that. Which statement is he right about? The I can or the can't? Which one is he right about? The I can or the I can't? I can? Oh. I can? See? If you followed closely, you'd notice a contradiction. 
The story I told you was when a guy does tshuva, he says, you know, I could do that, but I could never do that. And then you jump ahead two years later, and sure enough, he's doing it anyway. We all did. I remember, I remember sitting down. I remember sitting down with a rabbi. I remember this. I remember exactly where I sat. Where I sat. Where I sat. <laughs> where I sat in yeshiva. I turned to soot, you know? <laughs> you end up turning to soot. And I remember turning there and saying, well, I, you know, I, I, I would never wear a black hat. <laughs> I, I could never wear a black hat. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah, I could do this tour thing, but I could never wear a black hat. I remember saying it. The rabbi is infinite wisdom turned to me and says, there's 613 commandments. Not one of them is to wear a black hat. <laughs> And meanwhile, he was probably sitting there laughing to himself and saying, but don't worry, you're going to end up wearing a black hat. <laughs> and now, again, I'm not saying that you have to wear a black hat. I'm just saying, I remember saying, I can't do it. And yet, I ended up doing it. So on that story, which one was I wrong about? Saying I can't. And I was right about saying I can. But what does the Gemara say? The Gemara says that the Yetzirah seeks to kill you. And if it wasn't for Hashem, you could not stop it. So according to the Gemara, which one's right? I can't. I can't. But no one wants to admit that. The Gemara is telling us that the I can't is the reality. We can't do anything. There is nothing that you can do. If Hashem helps you, you're alive. If Hashem doesn't help you, you're dead. There is nothing that we can do. I move my hand. Tell me, how did I do that? Explain to me, how do I do it? Don't tell me how it works. Every scientist could come in here and tell me how it works. How the electron shoots to the nerve and it sends energy to the muscles and it picks up my hand. Explain to me, I want to do it. Tell me how to do it. There's not a person on this earth that can tell me how to do it. I think it happens. Let's think. Think about it. Tell me how to think. I want to think about something now. Explain to me how to do that. Tell me. Tell me how to find that neutron up there and pick the right one. I can't do a thing. If Hashem wants it to happen, it happens. If Hashem doesn't want it to happen, it doesn't happen. Two powerful stories in the Torah, statements in the Torah that will, that, uh, will demonstrate this unbelievably. Moshe Rabbeinu stands at the end of the Torah in the Tzavim and he says, I call today heaven and earth as witness to you. I stand today and I call heaven and earth today as a witness that you have to keep the Torah. And Rashi on the spot says, what does it mean that I call heaven and earth as a witness? What do you mean, that, that there's going to be a court case? <laughs> when we all die, we know the Talmud says there's a court case. right? How did we live our lives? And we're going to stand there, and there's going to be an accounting. And what? On the panel of witnesses, heaven's going to come in and sit down, and the moon and the sun are going to come in and sit down and say, oh yeah, I remember one morning I rose, and he hadn't gone to sleep yet. <laughs> he was up doing all that stuff all night. Ask my buddy the moon, he'll tell you. What is that? What is a witness? So Rashi says, what does it mean that they're a witness? That Hashem will turn to us and say that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, look at the sun and the moon. Look at the sun and the moon. That they get no reward 
for what they do. And no punishment if they don't do what they do. If the sun doesn't rise, it's not going to be punished. And if the sun does rise, it gets no reward. And yet, it still rises every morning. So you, the Jewish people, you're going to be rewarded. That was last week. And you're going to be punished if you don't do it. How much more so should you choose to do the right thing? Right? The sun and the moon, there's no reward, no punishment. And yet they do what they're supposed to do. You're going to get reward and punishment. Shouldn't you do what you're supposed to do? And Reb Noah says, unbelievable, beautiful thing. He says, if you read that Rashi and you say, yeah, that makes sense. He says, you're not a thinking human. I, used to, I read it all the time. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He says, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. It is impossible to understand that on the surface. What in the world is Moshe Rabbeinu talking about? The moon and the sun, they rise every morning even though they're not getting any reward or punishment. What else are they going to do? What else is the sun going to do? Wait, the sun's going to say, you know what? Sorry. Shutting down the revolution. <laughs> Literally, the revolution. Shutting it down. I'm shutting it down. That's what I meant. I don't know. I, I, I wanted to clarify. I don't know if you guys thought I meant like a pun. No, I meant the revolution. I'm shutting it down. I'm making a revolution. I'm shutting it down. What is that? The sun has no free will. The sun has no free will whatsoever. The sun rises, the sun sets, period. The moon comes out, the moon goes in. What do you mean? Look at the sun and the moon. They do what they're supposed to do, even though they're not getting reward and punishment. They have no free will. And guess what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying? That's the point. That's the point. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. I call today the sun and the moon as witnesses. They have no free will. And they don't get reward and punishment. And they do exactly what they're supposed to do. You that have no free will other than will. That's it. That's all you have is will. We have free will. You know what our free will is? The will. That's it. We either choose to do something or not. It's That's it. But we have no real power. Just like the sun and the moon. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. And in the same section of the Torah, Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people, there will come a day when you will be filled with prosperity and the land will enlarge its borders and you will be filled with prosperity and you will say the following. You will say, Kuchi v'yotzen biyadi. The strength of my hand did all this. I did this. And that's when you'll forget God. You think it's up to me. When you think it's up to me, that's believing in another power. Because the second we say it's up to me, you know what we say? Whatever it is that I'm able to do, that's what I'll do. And whatever it is I can't do, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, that I can do, that I can't do. And guess what? That is an urge that we fight every moment of the day, every moment of our lives, every moment of our existence to say, I can't. I can't. 
I can't, I can't, I can't. It won't work. It's not possible. It can't be that way. I tried, but it didn't work. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's so much easier to quit. Just quit. Believe in God. Of course I believe in God, Rabbi. I daven, I keep, I keep Shabbos, I'm Shomer Mitzvahs. But, but you want me to be real with it? <laughs> you want me to take it seriously? I believe in God. I believe He created the world, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do what's practical. I gotta, you know, I gotta work the system. I gotta make it all work. That I can do because that's easy. That I can't do. I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't. There's no such thing as I can't. In two weeks' time, we're gonna stand at the foot of Har Sinai. Shavuos. And we will remember the cry that the Jewish people said when Hashem came to them and said, do you want my Torah? And what did they say? We'll do it. Now, what is it? Because guess what? If Hashem helps us, we can do anything. <laughs> what can we not do if Hashem helps us? Is there anything you can't do if Hashem would help you do it? Is there anything you can do if Hashem won't help you? What can you do? If Hashem helps us, we can do it. If Hashem doesn't help us, there's nothing we can do. Hashem says, you want my Torah? Obviously, Hashem wants us to want the Torah. We can do it! Oh, but I, I can't, I can't, I can't. You want me to know the six constant mitzvahs, Rabbi? I, I can't do that. Come on, I gotta, I gotta work. I gotta do. I gotta, I gotta raise my children. I gotta get a job. I gotta do the hospital. I gotta pay the bills. I got, I got things I gotta do. And you know what? I can't learn Torah if that life is so overbearing. I've got to make that life as smooth as possible. So I gotta work the system. That's practical, and it works. And it works. <laughs> it works. How about that? It works. Yeah, but you forgot what it was for. Of all the 613 mitzvahs, of all the Ten Commandments, only two were said to the entire Jewish people. Anochi Hashem, I am God. That was number one of the six constant mitzvahs. And number two, don't ever forget why we're here. Because nothing that we do, whether it's being practical or not, has anything to do with anything other than Anochi Hashem. And all those powers that do exist, because the third of the six constant mitzvahs, which we already did, is God is one, is a deeper understanding that those powers aren't even there. But the second one is, no, those powers are there. They're real. The system's real. But don't think that that's the power. The system is only there to get you to Hashem. Don't believe in any other gods. It's very simple. Don't ever say, I can't. Because if Hashem wants us to know the six constant mitzvahs, if Hashem wants us to know kola Torah kula, as we said, if Hashem wants us to save His people, if Hashem wants us to go out there and save the Jewish people, 
If Hashem wants us to fix the world, then guess what? We can do it. As long as we don't think that it's up to us. <laughs> the second we think it's up to us, we blew it. The second we think that the Torah is here to make our lives good, we blew it. The second we think that the Torah is here to make our lives you know, smooth and to give a shalom bias and to help us raising our children and to help make a life beautiful and meaningful, we were over Avodazara. Idolatry. We believed in something other than what it was all here for in the first place. Anochi Hashem. That is, don't believe in any other gods. All right.